Hello everybody, welcome to True Hope Cast, the official podcast of True Hope Canada, where we take a deep dive into the many psychological and physiological aspects that make up mental health. This is the show for you if you're looking for motivation, inspiration, knowledge and solutions, and that's what we are all about here at True Hope Canada. And True Hope Canada is a mind and body-based supplement company dedicated first and foremost to promoting brain and body health through non-invasive nutritional means. For more information about us and our products, please visit truehopecanada.com. Something new for the podcast is we are concluding each episode with a two to three solution based idea to a specific question. That question today is how can we start on a journey of self forgiveness? And today on the podcast, I welcome Rachel Lavin. Now, Rachel is a published author of The Donut Diaries. She's a professional speaker and body love educator, certified personal trainer and certified health coach. In 2020, Rachel wrote her first book, The Donut Diaries, about her own struggles with her weight and restrictive diets, which lasted over 30 years as Rachel turned 40 the expression I got sick and tired of being sick and tired hit home for her and she made a decision to take back her health and heal from decades of negative thinking and self-sabotage her mission is to create a safe space for all women to feel whole and own their own body today we're going to be discussing how to feel whole and love yourself enjoy the show all right hi Rachel welcome to true hope cast thank you so much for being with us today how are you what is going well I am doing wonderful. Thank you. It's Thursday, almost the weekend. So have that to look forward to. How are you? Uh, yeah, good. Thank you very much. Yeah, the um, I've got young kids. So my, we, my weekends aren't quite as um, relaxed as they used to be. But they are they're, they're busy in different ways. But it's, yeah. it's, it's always a lot of fun. But it's also I get to Sunday night and we're just done. Super <laughs> tired. <laughs> How young are they? My kids are two and four. Little, 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 beautiful bundles of incredible, wild, uncontrollable energy. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, we're going to be discussing how to feel whole and love your body. Interesting topic that's going to take us in many different ways. I think a lot of people um, would love to know how to feel a little bit more complete each and every day. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to be offering some solutions to the question, how can we start on a journey of self-forgiveness? So we're going to kind of build up to that point. So stick around with us to, um, to, to learn a few tips and tricks that you can take into your day right away. But to kick off with Rachel, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do, please? Okay, well, I have been in the fitness and wellness space for over 20 years. My career has gone across from beginning as a group X instructor to all the way now where I love to call myself a body love educator. So I have been working with men and women in the fitness space for many, many years. And I think the interesting part of my career is that here I am <clears throat> trying to walk alongside someone and support them on their health journey and kind of do the same for myself. And it feels very different now in a way where I'm trying to help people and inspire people to learn how to walk back to who they really are and have a better relationship with themselves. And I can honestly say that I've done the work on myself, that I've also too come to that place where I just, I wanted to be a happy human being and I didn't want to think about myself and my body all day, every day. But I knew that that meant that I had to heal and I had to heal from many, many years of not only trauma of things that I've experienced in my life, but things that I've 
done and said to myself. I had to really heal from that. So here we are today, and I'm hoping to share that message with your listeners. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting introduction. Just as you're talking about um, your experience of working with people in in a gym setting, it it just makes me think about my own experience going to gyms and working out and using my body. And I think through the years, I'm forty now. And when I was twenty, my objectives and reason for going to the gym were very different to when I was thirty, and then definitely now as I'm forty. And it's interesting what the individual journey is for each person because it's going to be wildly different but there's certainly some themes with it because a lot of people end up going to the gym you know it's nearly january right where we'll see this boom of people starting to go to the gym right and it's and it's certainly not out of play not really out of a place of like self-love and self-worth it's usually the opposite of that that drives us to go and you know go and spend money to 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 go into that environment and it's not really out of self-love and i feel like that's the wrong attitude we should be taking when we're looking to you know kind of make a deeper connection with our body and and our minds and end up wanting to appreciate what we have and what we could have yeah i love that so much and you're so right i think we are all and you're right it's already starting it's not even december yet it's like let's start thinking about those resolutions let's start thinking about how you're going to be the best you of 2024 and it's like we i have to i have to remind myself like we in this space have all drank that kool-aid at Mm -hmm. some point right we've all believed that it's the it's this year's we're gonna do it this year i i've said that aloud for many years i do understand that but i think the most important beginning of this whole relationship with yourself is like you have to recognize that you've been lied to by social media by the fitness and wellness and beauty industry and that it's it's kind of like this is a self-love journey this is a self-love thing and you have to do it at your own pace you have to do it in a way that makes you feel whole and makes you feel like i'm doing this for me i'm not doing this for anyone else Mm -hmm. that's i think the barrier for why so many people kind of like January 1st, they're in the gym and by January 15th, they're not right. Because it's just so much pressure. Like you, like you said. Yeah, I think it's interesting because there's certainly some benefits of going to like going to the gym and going to classes or even just doing a workout yourself and literally trying to, you know, you're literally killing yourself and feeling really like awful, maybe at the beginning, but then once you finish up, you feel great. But I, I feel like what's the intention you're going into that gym session, that class or that workout in? Because there are times where I don't want to do a workout. Like yesterday at 3 p.m., I wanted to go to, go to sleep. I was done. I was tired. And I was like, I've got three more hours of like of engaging of work and, and with my kids and my family. I'm going to I did like a 25 minute like little weight workout in my like small little office here. And I felt amazing afterwards. But I was doing that with the intention of like, I don't want to be this boring droopy slow unengaged dad when i go upstairs i want to be fun and energized you know and i want my kids to experience that but that's i feel like for me that's like a really positive um future and a positive story that i have but then you have a lot of people when i was 20 i would go to the gym and kill myself because i wanted to have this idea of the kind of like the perfect body or this beach body that i thought (laughs) that i needed to have because that's going to bring me happiness um so i was going 
into it with, I would say, I don't know, a, a, a negative, a negative um, way of thinking mm-hmm. and then going into stressing my body out even more. So I'm stressing my brain out with this negative thoughts and I'm stressing my body out even more with the actual physical workout. And it's not, I don't know, it's really short term thinking. It's really reductionist thinking. And it's not really something that I would, that I would consider to be a smart way of going into any type of change that you actually want to do for the long term, I guess. Yes. I think that you really, to become aware of that and how your, your intentions that you're setting and why are you doing all these hardcore, crazy routines in the gym? Are you doing it for longevity to be present dad, to be, you know, mobile as long as we can no at that time you're thinking i need to get the girl or i need to get the job or i need to do this i gotta look like this because that's what you've seen your whole life men who look like this get that and it's so awful because as the longer i'm in this space i realize how much men have to cope with it as well but women you know, we really kind of do a number on ourselves as well, mm-hmm. mentally, physically. I think to stay in that smallest form of our body when we are not nu- giving ourselves the nutrients that we need to get through the day. And that's where that tiredness comes in. That's where the low energy comes in. That's where, you know, your mood shift. And if I can have any parts before I leave this earth to kind of debunk that and, and tell people in general that you're not eating enough, you're not resting enough, you're over-exercising, then I, I feel like my, my dream will have been, you know, I will be able to fulfill my dream, I should mm-hmm. say. But I have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I've got some, like, teenagers in my life um my my wife's br- younger brothers and they're, they're 18 19 they're going to the gym all the time which is really great for them and it's really awesome i think there's so many young people and in myself as well when i was 18 19 20 as a young man i feel like everything you do is very much a performance to basically what you're not conscious of it at the time but you're, you're trying to you're trying to find your partner and you're trying to do everything you possibly can within this performance, which isn't genuine, really, to try and get this partner. And I did that for nearly, I did that until I was about 30 when I met my wife. And uh, we got married and had kids. And now I feel like I have um, completed my manhood kind of thing. So now I don't have to put on this performance. Obviously, I have to be a nice person still and evolve <laughs> as a person to keep my wife. But... I feel like that that performance of like trying to do all these things where I think I have to impress other people so they want to like me like that's that's not there that's not there anymore as you know you you get that as you age but like so much of what young adolescent men do is to you know get the attention of uh, of the people who they want to be with and it's uh that's an okay thing to do it's obviously norm- normal and natural but there's so many other things about being you know, you know being a man being a woman that, that come that comes with with that very interesting part of your life mm, i agree with you i think if we would have focused on at that age being good people being good humans being mm. a good partner i think you said we're so focused on the aesthetics of how to land a person we have no idea what it's like to be a good partner. Yeah. Like, so 
And there's not enough emphasis on that. I think we can go back to, you know, the holidays and how people are already inundated with what diet they're going to do come January 1. What about like, hey, let's go to therapy this year. Let's be the, you know, have mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. So that those things are skipped over. I think you have to really be an aware human being to want those things for yourself. And um, it would be lovely if more people thought that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we do. We don't necessarily do the self individual work at that young age. Again, it's not it's not enough in our educational system to really you know, focus on yourself as as an individual, who you are, what it is that you want, and these personal development skills. And then we go out and you know, these young, young people try to, as, as I said it before, that they're, they're performing, they're putting on these acts, they've got different personalities for this friend group, this school group at home with their grandparents, you know, and it's never really a um, never really on this genuine path. And then maybe when you hit 30, 40, maybe even 50, you start figuring out kind of like who you are and what it is that you do want and you kind of put a lot of that nonsense to the side and you end up just being this genuine individual and that's when you can start expressing yourself in ways in which people generally connect to because people have like a phony you know a phony radar and they can tell when people aren't being super genuine in, in the in the long term especially but you know, not everyone's got it in the short term because you can pull the wool over people's eyes i guess but it's yeah it's interesting it takes a lot of experience it takes a lot of time and it can take a lot of suffering before you recognize that the things that you're doing to your mind, yourself, your body um, haven't really been in your best interest at all. But when you start to lay that down a little bit and you start doing that self-work and you're going into, let's say, starting to move your body deliberately in ways that's going to benefit you as you age, that's when I feel like your mind and your body connect and you can really start... Um, stepping forward into a position that's going to inspire yourself to go even further and inspire those other people around you as well yeah that was beautifully said i would like to add just a little bit to that and it is interesting from a person who this is such a personal journey for me that had those experiences every day of my life for more than 40 years i'm 52 now that there are still days where I have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of it now is that because I did the work, I have the tools to manage those days where it does get hard because I don't think, and, and me still, I have to understand our brains are so intricate that if you have a trauma deep down inside there, that something can trigger that like Mm -hmm. all these years later. But if you give yourself the tools to deal with that, it becomes just a moment. And so I'm grateful for just the moments now. It's like I have those moments and then I can say, no, you're you're safe. You're beautiful. Your body is the right body. All the things I was incapable of self-soothing myself in my 20s and 30s. Self-soothing, yeah, for sure. And then you talk about moments. You know, I think about moments and being aware of those moments. You're present. You're there. You're in. You're in the moment. You're there with yourself and other people around you. And without question, the more we can stay within that present moment and not drift off to anxieties of the futures or depressions of the past, and we can stay in that stay in that zone, you're naturally going to shift one way or the other and fluctuate. But how quickly um, can you bring yourself into the middle, and how frequently are you there as well? 
cool. I want to talk about dieting. So what does the word dieting mean to you? And you also spoke about like these media lies and the social media lies about what it is to be healthy or what it means to like have this perfect body or whatever that means. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit for us? Of course. I mean, unfortunately, the word diet is just the word to describe what we daily intake, our food, our drink. Mm -hmm. That's what the word diet really means. But we've created the word diet to mean the thing that I'm doing to restrict my body to make it the smallest or mm -hmm. in a man's case, the most muscular body. That's my diet. And fad diets, you know, if you even want to get more specific there, they are, you know, all the diets that are out there in the world, the fad diets, the 10 day challenges, the drink, the pill, the powder, whatever. And none of that is real food. None of that is approved by your body they are not going to have the nutrients that you need to be healthy daily. And I think that we are all so undernourished with real food and we like skip lunch, but we're, ha we're having a power bar or we're skipping lunch and we're having a protein shake or skipping meals and we're eating this created food source from a you know factory. And that's normal for us and that to me is the scary part and i lived it too so i yeah. i'm not coming from a place of judgment i'm coming from a place of awareness yeah well i think that yeah the word diet like i think i, I looked this up it comes from the greek at, for way of life and how opposite are we of that original definition you know i think if, i think most people if you ask them what dieting means they would associate that immediately with weight loss mm -hmm. which is which makes no sense because you've got all these fad diets and all these all these trends and these things that that people are on and that, that none of them are sustainable none of them are a way of life none of them are like this standard way that you could you could be for long periods of time and that's kind of essentially what we want to do you know like there you people who you know yo-yo with their weight yo-yo yo-yo diet and they're going up and down one obviously that's a very intensely unhealthy thing for your body to be continuously going through and very very unnatural for your for our human biology but it, it's just not something you can do in the long term and certainly something you can't do in the long term and be happy with and i think that's the key here it's just like how can you how can you be happy with what you're doing and who you are and then making the right choices wrapped around that especially around you know something so fundamentally important to our biology and our culture as food well, you have to think about it in the most simplest way, right? Food is fuel for our body. If you equate our body, our vessel as your vehicle, your car, whatever, your transportation, what do you put in there to make it go? And I'll even like come with it into the time of where we are with hybrid cars and, you know, plug-in cars. You still have to plug it in to give it energy to go, right? Well, our bodies are the same way. If we do not nourish it with food equal energy, you're going to be lethargic. You're going to be moody. You're not going to be able to just do the daily activities because your body is depleted. So for someone like me who used to literally get angry at my own hunger, I have come to the other side to realize what a gift it is to be able to eat. 
and feel better and feel like I have the energy to talk to you, to have a relationship, to train my clients, to do whatever I need to do. Mm -hmm. So if we as a collective don't heal our relationship with food, we're never going to understand, like you mentioned, the the things that we're doing to our body and our health in a negative way. Yeah, I think it's good for people to understand that when we see these TikTok videos or we see even like the, the front of men's fitness, these magazines or whatever the women's alternative, women's fitness, um, <laughs> they want you to buy it and they want you to click and it's not about you. It's not about wanting to support you or help you. It, it, it's about getting that relevance and that attention from you rather than you actually being able to maybe put that on towards yourself and, and learning something of significant value. I think that, you know, I, I started studying, I started taking nutrition courses about 10 years ago. And the first one I did blew my mind because it was the first time I was actually really educating myself on something I had to do three times a day which was eat food and also to exercise and to get sunlight and to restrict screens and things like that. Like we I'd never been taught that. I didn't have that educational resource in my head before. So learning that for the first time was mind blowing, but also it's like, how is this not like a standard fundamental knowledge and understanding that I have? And it's a significant shame that most people don't have it, but we as you we you, you've kind of mentioned this before with like the media lying to us and social media lying to us we forget that knowledge that we certainly have like universally within us all but we also look for these quick fixes and these quick solutions these 10-day challenges these master cleanses or 30-day whatever it is rather than actually sitting down and doing the work and re-educating yourself trying different foods trying different things and actually, you know, creating a enthusiasm around that learning process as well. So it solidifies and it becomes a diet. It becomes a way of life. That's beautiful. And I think that just to tell your listeners, the health beauty industry is $90 billion in just the past two years. And it's expected to grow. So I like some good homework. Watch TV count how many commercials or ads that you see that have to do with a diet, with some kind of food, some kind of drug, some kind of exercise, or some kind of message that you need to lose weight. And I guarantee you in probably 25 minutes, you'll see about 15 ads. Because we are constantly in our media, in our magazines, in our, the tick, I mean, TikTok, I just, I can't even look at it because it just makes me crazy. But everywhere you turn, is some ad for making you beautiful, making you thin, making you happy because you finally got the weight off and kept it off. Mm -hmm. No, no. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, you're in the States, right? So you obviously get the drug advertisements all over the place and your news is sponsored by Pfizer and all these other companies, right? And they're, they're yeah. pushing all these things. So they get the airtime and they get the ears and they get the eyes. And, you know, if you subconsciously pump that out, 24 hours a day to people it's gonna it's gonna break through it's gonna get in there and be a you know the only conventional source that we, you would go to so yeah it's super unfortunate and even when we're talking about the majority of pharmaceuticals you know they're band-aids they're quick they're, they're, they're quick fixes in many cases not fixes at all but it's not the it's not the same of actually sitting down and doing the work and 
you know, reading, you know, reading books and educating yourself a little bit more and experimenting with different things for your body without question. Like we've just, we just haven't been to, we haven't been to health school ever. <laughs> and if you're yeah. lucky to find it in your adulthood by, um, a chance, chance inspirational podcast or a book or the friend who continuously nags you about this amazing thing you have to read and then you finally <laughs> read it and you're like, oh my gosh, wow. Some people never get there and they live 80 years of their life um, without actually getting to this knowledge and I would guess probably maybe 30 years of that, maybe even more, maybe three, four decades of that person's life, they're actually living with chronic pain and chronic illness and they're having to rely on surgeries, drugs and machines to get them around when that generally does not have to be the case. And, you know, I, I, I think I've seen some amazing recoveries from people in their late 60s who have completely changed their lives around. And it comes from a place of, of acceptance. It comes from a place of being humble and empathetic to themselves and, and exposing themselves to different sources of information that they've just been blasted with subconsciously and consciously for decades and decades. Oh my goodness, that was perfectly said, Simon. You're right. It it has to be something in your life that inspires you to want to learn more. And I think that's what happened to me. You know, when I realized when I turned 40 that I had, and I don't know if I shared this part of my story, but I had turned 40 was finally a size zero, which I strive for my whole life. And when I realized I was still miserable, it, it was the catalyst to make me understand that it wasn't my body, that perfect body that was ever really going to achieve that happiness. I had no idea who I was. I had no idea where I wanted to be and how I wanted to live the rest of my life. And that's what kind of inspired me to start doing the work because I wasn't happy. Yeah, that's wild. It's a very interesting, and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that happens to so many people. They strive and strive and strive for that goal, or that, that thing that they think that they want and that they need, but they're still within the same mind. You know, if, you know, if you can be, there's obviously the very happy. Ha happiness can kind of come at any, any opportunity. You know, so many of the emotions that we experience are, are, are programmed into us, but we also have a lot of choice when it comes to which programs we select. I guess. And then another piece that just just makes me think because you know our, our flagship product here at True Hope Canada is called Empower Plus. It's a broad spectrum micronutrient formula that really provides the brain and body with the foundational ingredients it needs to function. And we have so many people around the world that are consuming, even if they're consuming organic organic food, that, that the food that they're consuming is not providing the necessary nutrients, vitamins, antioxidants, omega fatty acids that they need as building blocks to, you know, create everything from skin and hair and nails to, you know, their liver cells and kidney cells, etc. If you don't have the building blocks actually getting from your digestive system into your into your blood essentially into your body and doing the things it needs to do if we're not doing that and we're not having the the supply coming on a consistent basis you are going to struggle with not feeling great within your body and not feeling great within your mind so i think nutritional deficiency significantly comes into that psychological process of of um not feeling connected with yourself and your body and maybe feeling depressed and anxious and stressed about the things that you think that you need 
but I, I, I've experienced it with so many people who have got on the product where they start taking it and they've, they've basically been nutrient deficient for decades. They take this product and within a few days, they've finally got the necessary ingredients into their body and their brain just starts firing and wiring in different ways. And then that connects with their body and they start feeling a little less pain, a little bit more energy. And it gives them that, that catalyst to go out and do more of the things that make them feel happy. Like they've finally had the energy to go out and go for a, a hike or a walk with their parent or something that they've not had the energy to do that for 10 years. And it comes simply down to the fact that they have been deficient and depleted of essential nutrients for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. There's so many different aspects to, to health, nutrition, dieting, happiness. Anger, I agree with you, thing. but I will say that we make this so hard as humans. Yeah, we we, we make complicate this it so yeah. hard. Yeah. And if we were to, we've literally forgotten the ability to trust our own bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can find our way back to that, because our bodies are literally the smartest things and they give you signals and messages when something is not right. And they also give you signals and messages when things are a okay. Mm -hmm. So I just, if I could even stress another point to, you know, everybody, but your listeners for at the moment that paying attention to your body and listening to your body can alleviate so many different problems. I completely agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like our culture has this, we just we have this this part of our body severed and we have this head and we have this body and they never communicate they never talk they're like roommates that never communicate and they have to be doing that and i know so many people yeah who have had long have had pain for long periods of time and then they start meditating or they just start sitting and actually feeling the pain that they have within their body and they finally start open up these these very important channels that we have between our our psychology and our physiology and their pain the story around their pain completely changes because they're finally actually bringing attention towards themselves in like an internal way rather than putting all of their energy on like their phones and their jobs and these other people and all this all these other stuff which certainly have value but if you're not actually breathing and meditating and bringing that energy back towards you then you're never going to be able to be connected to yourself Mm. Oh my God, that was perfectly said. Yes, I love that. So can you, let, let's just dive into a little bit more solution-based idea here. So like, yeah. how do you think we can begin to actually start accepting our body and having a conversation around that? I think the most important thing, two things. One is recognize how do I treat myself? What are the things that I'm saying to myself on a daily basis that are only solidifying this way that I'm trying to project myself out into the world. And I bet you nine out of 10 times, you're going to realize you're not being very kind to yourself. Mm. And I had to realize that that's what I was doing. I was saying horrible, degrading things to myself. I was then in turn uh, looking outward for that acceptance that I was looking so much for. And I realized that I had to stop doing those two things. But was not going to be easy. It was going to take practice. And I wasn't going to believe the nice things I was saying to myself for a while, but I had to accept that. And one of the, the easiest ways for me was to, uh, I got a package of post-its in my favorite color at the time. It was hot pink. 
and I wrote things, three things on there to start with. You are lovable. I am beautiful. I am healthy. And I, I put them in various places of my 400 square foot New York City apartment. And I made sure that I said them out loud to myself every day before I left and then every night before I went to bed. And there were some days where I choked on those words because it was so hard. But then there was a day a few months later where I said it with such conviction and I felt it. And I was like, okay, I got to keep going because it was a shift, not only in my mindset, but it was a shift in my energy. It was a shift on how I treated other people. I mean, I really started to see some magic happening. And so for such a simple act, it made the world a difference. And it's kind of who I am today. Well, the power of mantras and being and and, and repeating those affirmations is absolutely. I mean, it's scientifically proven that, that that's going to work. And I like to I like to tell a lot of people who have who feel that they have a lot of negative thoughts that do, do any of those thoughts that ruminate and circulate in your brain a thousand times a day do they actually have any validity to them? Is there any actual evidence to those those being true? Like I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough for this, etc. And there never really is when people really sit down and analyze it. I know with something like cognitive behavioral therapy, where you're looking to analyze the thoughts that you have that lead to the emotions that you have that lead to the actions that you might take. When people actually sit down and really assess the thoughts that go through their head a lot of the time, none of them are actually really true. And then if you can start replacing those with very positive things that actually certainly are true, that you are worthy of love, that you can be happy, 100% true statements, then you're just um, replacing the storage space of thoughts, I guess, in your brain. And then you start becoming aware of your thoughts a little bit more and you start becoming, um, you start to have the actual strength and ability and skill to kind of digest the thoughts that come up because there's always gonna be negative things that come up for you be like you know oh i'm absolutely rubbish at doing this but you can actually sit there and like hear that first of all hear that thought rather than it just being a thought and then immediately making you feel stressed beyond your constant beyond your uh, consciousness but you can actually hear that thought you can digest it you can eliminate it because so many of the thoughts that we have are just random neurons firing and then we can actually start listening to the things that do make sense that we actually want to hear. And I love, I love your, um, your hot pink post-it statements that you had around your place. I think that's an amazing thing to do. And without question, there are words, there are sentences that you can have on, you know, around your apartment, around your office, even on your phone, that certainly worth repeating and being, um, solidifying the fact that you are worthy and you are good enough and and that's part of the work is having those available to you and also too when i started to believe those thoughts it it gave me the courage and the faith to go and take action on those mm -hmm. so things that i wouldn't normally do i felt like i could do and you know for me growing up I had a hard time being by myself. I wasn't really ever allowed that space growing up. And then, you know, when I was in college, I had so many friends and so much stuff going on that I didn't understand that I was an introverted person with like 
extrovert tendencies. Mm -hmm. So I was never giving myself that time for my energy to replenish. So I was always, I just wasn't a good friend and I wasn't a good person because I was always so depleted. But when I started to learn that there was things that I needed to do for myself because I felt a little bit stronger every day in my own worth that I was allowing myself to rest. I was allowing myself time alone. I was allowing myself to go experience something by myself that I didn't need someone else's approval. I think that also too, those steps kind of kind of go hand in hand and very grateful for that lesson as well. Beautiful. Yeah, I think being alone and reestablishing a relationship with yourself is absolutely vital to this to this healing process and to be able to understand that you have everything within you to feel amazing and progress and do all these things that you want to do. And yeah, it's a, it's a very strong reminder, Rachel. Thank you so much. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the three pillars of fitness that you that you have that you discuss on your website? Of course. Again, this is something else I had to learn was that you can't have the healthy, strong body that I want to have without exercise. I can't have the healthy, strong energy without food. And I can't have any of those things without rest. And so anytime throughout my life that I had to try to do one without the other, I failed miserably. Mm -hmm. And or I would have short-term success and then the weight would come back or whatever the case. And so when I realized that, and I hate using the word balance because I think it's so overused, but when I started to realize that those three things go very well together, and for me, they don't work without each other, I always like to kind of at least bring that up to someone I'm working with. Hey, this part, this part, and this part of your life is there a disconnect? Do you have maybe two or one of those things? Maybe we need to revisit learning how to have all three. And I just feel like having that mentality that it's okay to rest. Our bodies were created to move. And like you and I talked about earlier, eating is something I have to do every single day. I might as well be at peace with it. Mm -hmm. I think that's where that wholeness comes in. Yeah, the wholeness and the word like holistic and and wholesome come up for me, especially if you're going to make any any type of significant change in your life that's going to have a big impact on you. You have to be looking at every single aspect of yourself. And there are so many when it comes to health and nutrition and fitness. And yeah, it's it's um, it's com the way forward is completely opposite to what we've conventionally been told what we need and what we have to have to be happy and be have the the body that we want or whatever but it certainly takes commitment it takes forgiveness forgiveness and it certainly is it certainly is work that's there's, there's no question about that you know i think that a lot of people have the ability to change and do amazing things but you have you've, you've got to really want to do it because it's not it's not a 10-day fast it's not it's not <laughs> a five-day yoga retreat it's it's a significant commitment to to yourself and your body but when when people are in the right space and they've got that right motivation then they do absolutely phenomenal things and there's absolutely nothing that can stop them i agree with that awesome well let's finish up on that question that we that we asked at the top of the show um i would love to you know we love to give people um solutions that they can kind of take into their 
their day right away. So the question is, how can we start on that journey of self-forgiveness? You have to want it and you have to know that it's not a light switch. I wish it was, but it is going to take some healing on your part and accepting that, doing the work and really kind of making it a daily practice because we've been talking about that. We've done this for so many years and had all that negative stuff tooling around. It is literally going to take a 180 shift for those thoughts to be transformed into something where you support yourself and you love yourself and you're kind to yourself. And the one thing I do want to point out more than anything is that I saw from my own self firsthand what a difference it made me how I dealt with humans out in the world. Mm-hmm. Like what a kinder and more patient person I became. And to be able to have relationships with other human beings, I mean, that's why we're here, right? Is to be, to be in a community, to be nice to each other, to help each other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that when you are only thinking about yourself, it's impossible to be a good human. Yeah, I think connection, community, and relationships is a huge part of this of, of this healing. I don't think you can think of a, a significant event where you've changed and done something you've not done you've not done that alone and it's very important to reach out to people who you know will be supportive to you and um allow that or even do the whole journey with somebody but that elevated emotion that comes with it is without question something that will push you through to getting to you to where you want to be yeah so simple small steps like i love my post-it idea You know, some people do shy away from mantras and affirmations, but how else are you going to learn and teach yourself how to be nice to yourself if it's not something that you say to yourself every day? Yeah. So that's... Yeah, you You literally have to reprogram big parts of your thinking pattern. And if you're exposing yourself to, let's say, the negativities of social media for six, seven hours a day, that's (laughs) going to be your program inside of your head. But if you are listening, if you're listening to, um, let's just say positive podcasts, or you've got this one post-it note on the side of your computer that says something that you really love about yourself, and you're seeing that a hundred times a day, that's going to be the new norm. That's going to be the new program within your head. And you know, you want to fill yourself with those hot pink pieces of paper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, Rachel. Well, can you let us know how people can connect with you and learn more? Of course. Uh, Rachel Lavin Wellness is my website. It's also most of my handles on social media. You can't miss me because there's a picture of me holding my book in every picture. And my book, The Donut Diaries, is available on Amazon. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. And uh, we'll make, I will make sure that all those links are in the show notes available so people can get hold of you. Thank you very much for sharing. Well, thank you for having me. Awesome, Rachel. Well, thank you again. But that is it for this episode, everybody, of True Hope Cast, the official podcast of True Hope Canada. We'll be uh, back with you next week. See you soon.